Well, good morning, First City. It is good to see you today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for being here. I want to say hello to all the people who are watching us online. Thank you so much for partnering with us and joining with us today. Open up your Bibles to Genesis chapter 16. Actually, we're going to start in Genesis chapter 15. We're in this series called uh, Running with the Giants, and it comes from John Maxwell's book. He actually has a couple of books called Running with the Giants, and he just lists out several different great men and women of the faith that you read about in the Bible. And he just li- tells you their story. And his big idea is what would it be like if we could just get one of those people just to come down and spend a little bit of time with us and tell us their story and say, man, this is what I would love for you to learn about God. And so the idea it scripturally comes out of Hebrews chapter 12, and it says, therefore, which means that it's a tie back to chapter 11, which was, you know, the great chapter of faith of all these great men and women, and it tells their story. Let me tell you about Abraham, and let me tell you about Noah, and let me tell you about Moses, and let me tell you about all these great people who lived out faith in their life. And it says, so since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run the race with perseverance that God has set before us. And so what he's saying is, up in heaven, all these great men and women of faith, they ran their race, and now they're up in heaven. And they're looking down on you, and they know how tough this race is, this life of faith. And they're rooting you on, and they're cheering you on, and they're clapping, and they're applauding, and, but it just sounds like a lot of noise. But you have a great cloud of witnesses, and they're like, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it, come on. You know, grow in your faith, listen to God, and, and he was going to take care of you. He is faithful, and it's worth it. So take off everything that's going to slow you down. Be in tune with God, and, and he's going to take care of you. And, and so they're like, we, we just want to run this race with you. We want to cheer you on. And the idea is, what if we could get one of those great men and women and just to come down and to jog one lap of our life with us just around the track? And so today we're going we're gonna to ask Abraham's wife, Sarah, to come down and to spend some time with us. And, and, and it really, she's going to address this last word and let us ra- run with perseverance the race that God has set before us. So let's just say that one word together. Let us run with perseverance. Perseverance, which is patient endurance. Patient endurance. How can I run with perseverance? Man, what does that mean? Because oftentimes life feels like it's going in the opposite direction of where we want it to go, right? It's like I have a, this life and I really want it to go in this direction and I, and I want to run hard after that. But sometimes it's not working and oftentimes it's like the opposite of what we thought. And so what are we going to do in that moment? Well, and what Sarah would say, what I believe that she would say is, you know, sometimes you just have to remind yourself to be patient because you want to run ahead of God. In fact, here's you a quote. A moment of patience can save a lifetime of regret. Anyone? Boy, if I had just paused before texting that, <laughs> saying that, going there, doing that. If I wish I had, I wish I'd have just paused. I wish somebody would have said, don't, stop, wait. And I really could have saved myself and other people on her. In fact, some of us in here today may have been hurt because somebody else was not patient 
in the way that they responded to something. Some of us may have added to somebody else's burden. And boy, if we could just take it back, right? And so, Sarah, help us. Help us, help us today in, in learning this. And so she's like, well, if it's okay with you, I'll just tell you my story. And so our story with her and her husband Abraham starts in Genesis chapter 15. And I'm only going to look at verses 1 through 6 of chapter 15. And this is what it says. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Don't be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. Abram, I've chosen you. You're going to do amazing things. I want to protect you. And, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. But Abram replied, Oh, sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? It's, it's just me. Everything's going to die with me. I don't have someone for an inheritance. And he's like, since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. And then he even continues, you have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. And the Lord said to him, no, which just stopped him in his tracks. The Lord just came down and said, no, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Now, when God is speaking this to Abraham, he's 75 years old. And God's given him a vision. God's just saying, listen, uh, I want to I change your life, and I want to do something, and your name is going to be great, and your descendants are going to be many. And he's like, come on, God, I don't even have a son. And so God gives him a task that he cannot do to prove to him, you're going to have to rely on me. And so as we continue the passage, then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. Anyone ever tried to do that? You ever tried to count the stars? Right? It's impossible. You cannot do it, especially on a clear night, even even if you don't even see all of the stars, just try to count the ones that you can. And it's impossible. Then you go up on some mountain and you get away from all the lights of a city and you just look on a clear night and God will overwhelm you. And he's like, listen, oh, listen, you can't do this on your own. What you have in front of you, what I'm calling for you is bigger than you. And there's an enemy who's going to do everything they can to take you away from it. And if you're not relying on me, your eyes are not going to be open to this. It's going to blow you away. And you're going to have to rely on me. Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Now, Abram was 75 years old. When he heard that message from God. For those of you who know the rest of the story. How old was Abraham when he had his son? Somebody say it out loud. A hundred. So this is the first thing you need to hear. God speaks something to him. I'm going to do this for you. And maybe even in our minds we're thinking. Wow that's going to happen this week, next week. God when are you? Well where's my wife? Let's go ahead and get started. And God doesn't, God doesn't complete that promise for 25 years. What would you do 
in the waiting. I mean, because I know we want to, come on, God, what's the matter? Did you forget? Are you that slow? I know you're running the universe, but come on, right? 25 years. God, that doesn't make sense. Oftentimes, God doesn't make sense. If you're waiting on God to make sense, you're going to be waiting a long time, right? Because so, so here's what, I want you to, here's what I want you to see. And this is why I'm asking Sarah to come out of the stands. Just look at this right here. For when you can't understand God, everybody understand, anybody here understand the things of God? All the things of God? When you can't understand God and impatience threatens to overwhelm you. And that happens so easily, especially when it's urgent and I'm in the middle of it and it's heavy and I can't stop crying and I have sleepless nights and I don't know what to do, what direction to go in. Don't complicate God's promise with your solution. Here comes Sarah. And so I've asked, you know, thank you for spending some time with us this morning. And she's going to tell you her story. So God came to my husband and he says, hey, you're going to have a child. And he didn't answer that promise for 25 years. I was 65, you know, when he told me about it. I was 90. I was 90 when I walked into Habib's nursery and bought a stroller. But in the meantime, I made things worse because I couldn't wait on God's promise. And I enacted my own solution. Can I tell you my story? Please wait on God. Please trust God. Please turn your eye. Trust in God. And and, and I'm going to give you several ways she's going to tell us this morning to do that. But I want to encourage you, you got to trust God. You got to trust God. You got to trust God. Point number one, even if it takes a long time, because it probably will. I mean, we all want God to move faster, don't we? We all want him to rescue us when we're right into the middle of it. And it's difficult because we're finite and God's infinite. We can only see moment by moment, right? And our moment is so heavy on us. That all we have oftentimes is just trusting God. It's like, what am I going to do? Where are we going to go next? And when God is silent, especially for 25 years, the first thing I'm going to want to do is just, well, maybe God needs my help. I was talking with someone this morning, and he was like, I call it jumping over God. Right? He's like, I call it jumping over God. Like, God's like asking me to wait, and I'm like, you know what, I'm tired of waiting, I'm going to take care of this myself. So I just jump over God, and I do this, do that, and I go, hey, God, look at what I did. And God's like, okay, you just made a mess that now we're going to have to clean up before we can really get into the plan that I had for your life. Ever jumped ahead of God? Right? Not fun, is it? Especially when we suffer the consequences because it's all we see. God's like, I need you to trust me, and I'll help you with what. So even if it takes a long time. So let Sarah speak to us. Genesis chapter 16. Now, Sarai, by the way, God changed Abraham's name and Sarai's name. 
from Abram to Abraham and Sarai to Sarah. The A and H in both of their names is re, it, the meaning from it back in Hebrew was to rely on God. So he's moving two individuals who didn't know how to rely on God into learning how to rely on God, and he changed their name. Abraham, the man who relies on God. Sarah, the woman who learned to trust God. Right? Boy, that's a, that's, that's a process. God's changing us, even if it takes a long time. And so Sarah, Abraham's, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him, but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abram agreed with Sarai's proposal. Of course he did. And today in our world, the Middle East still has huge conflict from the descendants of both of those decisions. The descendant from the son that Hagar bore and Isaac and those who follow Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the war and the fighting, we create our own dissonance if we go ahead of God. And she may have thought, boy, that's the right solution. That's the thing. It can, surely in her mind, she wasn't thinking, that's, that's got to be a good idea. I mean, there had to have been something in her that thought, that, that this isn't good. I know in my heart it's not good. But she still wanted to do it because that was a whole lot easier than just waiting. And, and, and listen, I know that feeling. Today, you need to know I'm just preaching to myself. Even in my own family, when, when we have situations where we're just trying to figure it out and we know we're under attack, what do you do? Because I'm just going to tell you, We've made a statement, we're going to go out into the community and we're going to do something in the name of the Lord and we're going to go after hurting children and we're going to go after those who are being abandoned and abused and we're going to make a difference in our community. Do you not think that Satan's going to, don't, don't you know that he's going to be like, well, that's fine, you just go ahead and go do all that you want. You think he's good with that? Do you not think he's going to defend his kingdom? Which means he's going to attack us. Yes or no? Are you not prepared for it? So in the middle of it, well, I don't even want to wait. I'm just going to enact my own solution. And if we run ahead of God, if we're not listening, if we're not covering all of this, if we're not partnering with people who know really how to listen, the enemy is, God's like, you're not fighting against flesh and blood, but you're fighting against a real enemy that you often can't see who have tactics that you're not even aware of. All you know is that you're doing things wrong and trying to hide it. And you think the problem is you. There's an enemy who's trying to kill, steal, and destroy. And Sarah's like, man, and if you're not listening to God, if you're trying to enact your own solution, then you're running ahead of God and don't do it. So it's, you know, there, there, you ever heard of that joke, you know, when people's trying to figure out how big God is and what he's going to do, and they go and they say, hey, God, you're so big, you're so awesome. You know, you're so vast. Uh, what is a million years like to you? And God says, well, a million years, that's like a second to me. 
well, God, what's a, what's a million dollars like to you? And he's like, oh, that's like a penny. So the guy said, hey, can I have one of those pennies? And God said, yeah, wait a second. <laughs> so it's, it's not easy waiting on God, right? And, and sometimes it's the, that's how it feels. It's like God's like, wait a second. And I'm like, I'm drowning here. I don't, I don't want to wait. I can't wait. As a pastor, the thing that I hear the most whenever I'm talking with people through hard situations, the one statement I hear more than anything else is this, I'm tired. I'm tired. I need, I need help. I can't sleep. I can't rest. I don't know what to do. I know. I know. But stand still and be silent. God will fight for you. And in the waiting, God is wanting to do something in us. Number two, Sarah would say, trust God, even if it seems ridiculous. Even if it seems ridiculous, you need to trust God. Because sometimes things do seem ridiculous. And we don't want to wait. <laughs> and we're like, are you kidding me? You know, it's like, you know, I had my children come to me when I was young, you know, and then they were little. And they would come and they'd, I'd wake them up. Hey, get up. It's time to go to school. And they'd be like, I don't want to go to school. I'm so tired. I just Can't we just stay home? And like a good father, I would say, well, honey, of course we can. You don't have to go to school and you don't have to graduate. You, don't, you just sleep all day long if you want. We don't ever have to go to school again. Do you think I did that? Why? Why would I not do that? Why? Because it's not about their comfort, right? It's, sometimes I even added to their pain. You better get your tail out of that bed right now or I'm going to add to your pain so we can get on doing with whatever it is that we need to do. Don't you know that God knows what's right for you and what's best for you, even if it's ridiculous, even if it doesn't feel good? God wants to do something amazing and different in you. And he may even add to our pain in the middle of getting us to do something. So for in Sarah's case, she's like, well, let me just tell you my story. So here it is. One of them said, I'm going to return to you about this time, same time next year. And your wife, Sarah, will have a son. She is now 89 years old. She has been tired of waiting. She's waited 24 years, and now she's in the last year. So here are a couple of angels, and they're talking to Abraham. And they're like, hey, listen, I'm going to return, and Sarah, your wife, is going to have a son this same time next year. Now, Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. She's back around the corner, and she's listening in on their conversation. She's just like eavesdropping. And Abram and Sarah were both very old at this time, and Sarah was long past the age of having children. I just love how the Bible just so delicately says that. She was long past the age of having children. And so she laughed silently to herself and said, how could a worn-out woman like me enjoy such a pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is also so old? I mean, come on, God. Have you seen Abraham lately? You've got to be kidding me. And so she's around the corner, and these angels are like, your wife's going to have a child, you know, this time next year. You, you're going you're gonna to have a son. And she's laughing. And God doesn't think it's funny. Next line. Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she laugh? Can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. 
See, sometimes we miss out, Sarah would say, on the great things of God because you think you're going to look ridiculous or because it sounds ridiculous. And I know sometimes we're so afraid people are going to laugh. People are going to laugh at me. When I go tell my story, if I were to believe that, people would just laugh. I mean, look at me. I'm 89. I'm 90 years old. And you're telling me I'm going to have a baby. Come on. It doesn't work that way. God's not normal. That's not normal. I don't look normal. I won't sound normal. I'm not going to talk to people about Jesus in my workplace. Are you kidding me? Get myself fired? People are laughing. They don't want to hear that. Oftentimes, we just miss out on the great things of God just because we're going to look silly, because we're going to look goofy. Tyler stands up here and pours his heart out in worship, and the worship team is inviting us to join in, and sometimes we just sit back and, and or, or, you know, hands in my pocket. This is the way I used to worship when I was young, I was a teenager. I really didn't really care about the things of God, and I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, and I didn't participate, but I was missing out on something amazing that God was doing. And it wasn't until I finally took my hands out of my pocket and said, okay. Well, actually, I started with my feet. I'm like, okay. And then I just let it work its way up my body. And so is it just, and finally, I'm, my hands are like, okay. And they went out here, you know. <laughs> and so then I'm like holding the television. You're right. And before long, you'll be touchdown Jesus. And so as we're just, listen, do it. Let yourself go in worship. Let God do something. We're so afraid that somebody's going to look and laugh or somebody's going to say something. Pray with them on the phone. I've never done that before. Take my Bible to work. Are you crazy? I don't want to, I don't want to look weird. Man, some of us just miss out on great things of God because we're afraid we're going to look foolish. And Sarah's like, don't worry about what other people think. God wants to do something amazing in you. Number three, oh, you got to trust God, even if those around you don't. Even if those around you don't. Genesis 21, verse 6, and Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter, and all who hear about this will laugh with me. See, God always surrounds you with naysayers who are going to make sure, you know, the devil's going to surround you with all these people who they don't, listen, God's foolish, he's crazy, you can't trust him. But she's like, even if no one around you believes, you got to trust in God. And they're going to laugh with you. At some point, they're going to be with you. Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse a baby, yet I have given Abraham a son in his old age? Oh, man, God's going to do Stay with God. Continue with God no matter what. Even if nobody else goes with you, you've got to go with God. Sometimes, you know, we're just making decisions here that sound really foolish, sound really, you know, like why would we invest in that? And, and I don't understand it. Other people don't understand it. You know, I'm, I want to share one with Tyler that we actually talked about. He informed us of last Wednesday night or All Together Wednesday night. And it's, it's shocked me. And I'm standing here listening to Tyler just talk about it. And we made a decision that we were going to go online and start an online, you know, presence. And, and so for those of you who are joining us online, man, God bless you. We have people up in Canada who are watching. We have people in Hawaii who are watching. Hello, John and Heather. I love you and miss you. And so all these people, are, you know, some of these, they're just watching online. And when we were making the decision to whether we should do that or not, we're like, should we do it? It's an investment. We're going to have to buy some software, and it's a lot of money. And do we really want to put money into that? And we're like, no, how many people are going to really watch? And we don't, we'd rather do other things. And so we debated it and put it off and put it off and put it off until finally somebody sent us a check and they said, we want you to do something that you would not normally do out of your budget. And we said, okay. I sat down with Tyler, and we said, this is one thing we want to do. 
So he and Sean Ribble and others have really worked hard at developing that. And we haven't even advertised it because we're still working out the kinks. There's a delay. If you watch us online, if you, you know, it's, it's like my mouth is moving and then the audio comes 200 milliseconds later. But it looks like Chinese theater, right, when you're watching. And so we have in this new software that we bought a way to delay and fix that so that it's perfectly synced up. But we're still in the process of doing that. So we just haven't advertised anywhere. But when Tyler reported Wednesday night, he's like, but you won't believe how many people are watching. And so for those of you who are not at Altogether Wednesday night, how many people do you think are watching us online? Throw out a number. How much? 150. For those of you who are here at Altogether Wednesday night, is it more or less? More. Yes, again. A thousand. Can you believe last Sunday, I'm just telling you thank you, more than 2,000 people watched our worship service. Is that not amazing? <laughs> Hank, you kicked it off, really. I'm just, I'm just saying hey to Hank, because I'm thinking, every week, I know we got one truck driver in Colorado watching us online, and that was you. And then Hank's told all of his friends, and that's how the people in Canada are watching. And, he, and I'm like, hey, look what you tipped. Look what you've started. And they just started sharing it and started sharing it and started talking about it. I'm, for me, I would have laughed if you would have said, hey, listen, if you would invest in that, just that little bit of software and put it online, 2,000 people are going to watch you every week. I'm like, come on, are you kidding me? Who would want to? But they, they, thank God for you. You are transforming us, transforming me. And last week, we were a member, we were a church of 2,500 people, most of them online, but praise God for that, right? <laughs> do what God is calling you to do, even if it seems ridiculous, and watch God do amazing things. Oh, Sarah, can you give us some words of encouragement? In chapter 11, verse 11, I love it where it said, hey, by faith, even Sarah believed. I'm like, it was a big jump for her because she didn't know how to just trust God with everything. It just seemed so overwhelming. Her thinking was so small, God is saying. But there's nothing too big for me. And, and if she can do it, you can do it. So give us your word, Sarah. So here are three things real quickly. Don't try to get ahead of God when he isn't moving fast enough for you. We can be so impatient, can't we? And he's like, don't, don't, don't try to get so far ahead of God that you're going to do things that you're going to regret. And she's just speaking to us, listen, slow down. It's okay. Let God teach you something in the process. 2 Peter 3, verse 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. See, we think he is. God gave us a promise. He said he was going to do it. He said, I'm going to take care of you. He said, I'll go before you. He said, I'll smooth out the path. Why hasn't he done it yet? I don't know. I hear you, Deborah. I can't see you. Where are you? Raise your hand. Wave. Say that again. Oh, your Bible. Okay, on the top of the page. <laughs> so... So for those of you who are online, the lady Deborah, she's been a longtime member here, says, God is like, it's in my time, not yours. In other words, this is what, this is what God is trying to say. I'm going I'm to try to help you out, Deborah. 
So, not, not that you need that, but so we cry out to God, God, I need your help, God, I need your help, God, I need your help. And God's like, okay, glad to do it. Glad to, glad to help. Meanwhile, why don't we learn something in the waiting? And you're like, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> I don't need to learn anything. I just need you to fix it now. I'm happy to go to heaven dumb as a doornail. I don't need to learn anything else. Just fix my problem, right? But God's wanting, listen, so, hey, Lori, let's, go, let's jump to the quotable quote. God is more interested in your character than he is your comfort. God may want to grow something in you. Change something in you, which really leads to our next point. When you must wait, focus on what's happening in you, not what's happening to you. Because if we're not careful, we're going to get so caught up in, it's hurting, and I'm tired, and I want to sleep, and I, want to re- I just want to know what to do. We're going to get so caught up in all those externals that we're missing what God's trying to do inside us. Now, we, I had two children. My wife and I, we have two children. Our first child, Jonathan, uh, when she was pregnant with Jonathan, and I know some of you have had long pregnancies and you had long labor, but my wife was in labor for 40 hours, you know, with Jonathan. I think that's a long time. I don't know how difficult it was on her, but I was worn out. And so she never in that 40 hours had contractions further than five minutes apart. And, you know, my job is breathing and letting, actually my job was to let her know as I'm watching the monitor. Now, this is a long time ago, you know, way back in the 80s, 1985 when Jonathan was born. And, but we could even see when the contraction was at its peak and then when it's coming down. And I'm breathing, breathing. Okay, it's at its peak. It's going down, it's going. And she's like, oh, 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 oh. It's, I'm telling you, let me just give you a verse of scripture that ladies, pregnant ladies, this is your scripture. That is why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant woman. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to tread lightly here. We are <laughs> enlarged in the waiting. That's a good way to put it. You know, it's like, hey, babe, you look beautiful. No, no, my clothes fit and I don't want to, you know, I'm really proud of the... You know, ladies today who are pregnant, they don't mind showing. God is doing something. Something marvelous is, is going on inside me. And, 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 and we celebrate it. Man, God bless you. But nobody wants to be reminded, men, we don't need to go up and say, boy, you're looking really big today. You know, so God is the enlarging. And of course, we don't even see what is enlarging us. But the longer we wait, the larger we become. <laughs> Don't talk about it, man. I'm just give. Don't talk about that part. But the longer we wait, the more joyful our expectancy. And for my wife, when we had Jonathan, and in that forty hours, it was the most painful, beautiful thing we've been through. Can Can anyone testify what he's saying here? What he is saying is. Oftentimes, the most painful thing you'll go through, that if you'll just patiently wait through it, the biggest blessings of your life will come from the things that were also the most painful. So this is something that you may need to write down. Patience is not the ability to wait. It is how you act while waiting. 
So take out your phone and take a picture of that. But that to me is just something that we need to just grab hold of that God is speaking to you today. I know you're in the middle of something and you want answers, you want solutions, you want to move fast, you want to, but this is where God is developing, where God is speaking, where God is acting, where we have to come to total reliance on God. Number three, I think Sarah would say, even our very best cannot possibly compare to anything God has in mind. God has bigger plans for you than you have for yourself. The best thing that you can figure out what God is going on, something bigger he's wanting to do. We may look and say, wow, 2,000 people watched online. Man, God bless you. That's awesome. And God's like, awesome. What I have in store for you is a million. So be grateful for it. Can you, can you, can you think, can you imagine a work of God so large, you know we can't take any credit for it. He's going to say, well, the enemy's going to come and he's going to test you. And before you receive the blessing, you're going to go through the pain. And if you can't handle the pain, you may miss the blessing. Don't try to get ahead of God. Don't try to enact your own solution. Remember, God's trying to develop your character more than your comfort. And let God do his perfect work in you. Isaiah 64, 4. Since before time began, no one has ever imagined, no ear heard, nor I seen a God like you who works for those who wait for him. He's like, man, God, since the beginning of time, has been amazing people. The world has been amazed when God says, if you'll be patient, if you'll wait, I'm going to do something amazing. And I saved one verse of scripture. Lori, we, we skipped over it. And I did the first thing in first service. I did the same thing. But I want to now go back to Psalm 37, verse 7. This is how you do it. This is the, the place where we act. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. This is the one thing I'm going to ask you to do. If I'm talking to you today, if you're in the middle of it, if you're in the waiting, if you're in this time where you're between the now and the not yet, you're in between the problem and the solution, and you're tired, the best thing, the one thing God's asking you to do is be still in His presence. I want you to go someplace that's quiet. If you want to have a little worship music playing, I think that's fine, but it needs to be in the background. And you need to go spend 10 minutes with God or 30 minutes with God or whatever time. you Just go sit and be still in the presence of God and let Him act for you. And wait. Just wait. Just sit and be. The Bible calls it abiding. Just abide with God. And if you'll do that, I can promise you God's going to be rescuing. Let him stand still, God once said to Moses. Stand still. Be silent. God will fight for you. The enemy you see today, you'll never see again. James in the New Testament says, perseverance has to be completed to do its work. 
for you to be a mature man or woman of God. So find a quiet place and do it every day. And just be still with God. Just be quiet, be still. And just abide with Him. And we need to learn how in His presence just to do that. And He will work for you. And don't worry about all the other stuff. Don't worry about the enemy. Don't worry about all the things that you're afraid of. You don't have to worry about that. God will take care of all of that.